Hello, this is Andy, and you're listening to Federal Andy. Episode 46. Guess who's coming to dinner? I know. I know, I know. You're probably feeling a little depressed. Am I right? Feeling a little dejected and rejected? A little forlorn? Excluded? Ostracized? I can understand that because I know many of you are heartbroken that you have not been invited to have dinner with Donald Trump at his Mar-a-Lago resort. As much as he's admired worldwide, getting a dinner invitation to dine at Mar-a-Lago with Trump himself is quite the honor. But you have to understand, he only has the very best people around him. You have to be, well, you have to be very wealthy because they don't just give away memberships to Mar-a-Lago. It's expensive to join, and then you have to pay a monthly fee, and it's pricey. So chalk it up to not being wealthy, if that makes you feel better. If you are wealthy and you haven't been invited to Mar-a-Lago, well, um, have you have you heaped a lot of praise on Donald Trump publicly? Have you claimed unending adoration toward him? If you haven't, Well, that's the problem. And if you have, well, you just haven't done it enough. But if you really feel like you've gone overboard with the praise and the adoration and you still haven't been invited to Mar-a-Lago to dine with Donald Trump, there's only one other thing it could possibly be. You're just not attractive enough to be seen in the same location as Donald Trump. Because, you know, he's an incredibly handsome man. Oh, yes. All you have to do is ask him. He'll tell you. He's very handsome. Yeah. And maybe one of those things will make you feel a little bit better about, well, let's just say that your invitation got lost in the mail I mean, seriously, with Postmaster DeJoy, that is a very good possibility. (laughs) It could take a long time for them to find that lost invitation, and he might very well be in prison by the time they do. So don't hold out too long waiting for an invitation to dine with Donald Trump. And on top of that, I've got to say, he probably has a really, really, really long guest list of distinguished people that he wants to dine with, right? I mean, take a look at just this past week. Why, on Tuesday night, do you know that he had dinner guests at Mar-a-Lago? He did. He did. And among them is Kanye West. Or actually, I should say, yay. Is it ye? Yay? I think it's pronounced yay. He is the artist formerly known as Kanye West, but now he just goes by Y-E. And I think it's pronounced yay. You know, just the last two letters of his first name. And another guest that apparently yay brought with him was a quite stimulating character. Oh, yes, by the name of Nick Fuentes. Have you heard of him? Well, if you know about him, then you understand why you probably haven't been invited to Mar-a-Lago because you're just not really the type of person 
that Trump would want. So I'm just going to give you a little history on Ye. He used to be married to Kim Kardashian. You know, Kim Kardashian, her father was an attorney. I think he's deceased now. But he was one of the attorneys that represented O.J. Simpson when he was accused of murdering his ex-wife, Nicole Brown Simpson. And they were all on TV and everything. And somehow, uh, <laughs> I'm not really sure how it happened, but the whole Kardashian family became famous. Now, Kim Kardashian's mother was married to Caitlyn Jenner, although it was Bruce Jenner at the time. You know, he was the former Olympian who starred in that hit movie, can't Stop the Music with Valerie Prime, the story of the village people. I think it was the unofficial story of the village people. It was actually not a bad movie. It was kind of campy. Nancy Walker directed it, which, you know, Nancy Walker from TV. She was Rhoda Morgenstern's mother. She was the bounty lady that was always wiping up spills. And what else? Uh, oh, yeah, she was the uh, mouthy housekeeper on Macmillan and Wife. You know her. She was the director, and Alan Carr was the producer, and he was hot off of the movie Grease with Olivia Newton-John, rest in peace, Livia, and John Travolta, and all of the other wonderful people that were in that movie. And it was a huge hit, and he expected that he could do another musical as a follow-up and have it be a big hit. And he was a little bit late. I think if Can't Stop the Music had come out a couple of years earlier at the height of the disco craze when the village people were at the top of the charts, I think it probably would have been a bigger hit. But anyway... So, but the Kardashians have had a TV show and they're famous for, um, let's see. Um, hmm. I'm trying to think what they have done. Let's see. Are they, do they dance? Mm, no. Can they act? Well, if you've seen their, quote, reality, unquote, show, you can be the judge of that. Um, do they donate a lot of money to charity and do a lot of charitable things? Well, no. They're supposed to be attractive. Um, escapes me, but... <laughs> well, okay, they're famous for being famous, I guess. Anyway... He was married to Kim, and they're divorced now, and he is a rapper who apparently has had some pretty big hits in the past and has earned a lot of money, and he had a lot of deals, endorsement deals, merchandising deals with big companies, and then he started acting... Well, let's just say, like, there might be something wrong with him mentally. And I'm not saying that to be nasty, but it seems like he might have a bit of a mental issue. He interrupted the MTV Video Music Awards show back in 2009 when um, Taylor... Swift won the award for the, I guess it was, um, was it Album of the Year or, uh, or was it for a video? I can't remember. I think she won an award for a video. 
But before she could even get up to the microphone to say thanks, he just hopped up there and just grabbed the mic right in front of her and proceeded to um, tell the audience in the theater there and on television that her video didn't deserve an award. And, uh, you know, I think he actually did this twice. Didn't he do another one uh, at the Grammys for Album of the Year? Uh, the winner was Beck, I think. Yeah, he did. He did the same thing. Got up there and interrupted. And, you know, that's kind of a special thing for an artist who has worked hard recording an album or whatever, acting on a TV show or in a movie, if they win a prestigious award, it's kind of a big deal. And they ought to be allowed a few moments in the limelight to say thank you to everybody and tell them what an honor it is and all of that. And he gets up there and interrupts them. I think that is just the height of rudeness, number one. And there has to be something wrong with a person that would do that. I mean, who would take somebody's special moment away from them and ruin it like that? And twice. Anyway, not a fan. Kind of like some of his music, but the way he treats people, no. And recently he has made some anti-Semitic remarks, which there is just no room for that kind of talk today. I'm sorry, it is inappropriate, it's unacceptable, and people especially who have the ability to have an audience listen to every word that they say ought to be promoting love and peace and understanding instead of hatred. And here's the deal. When someone who is also the recipient of discrimination because of their skin color or their orientation or something like that has a problem with another minority or group of people that are pulled out and discriminated against and are hated by others, I hold them as being especially offensive because they ought to know what it's like to be treated wrongly by others. Truly. So, done with him. He ran for president. I think he got two votes, maybe. One of them was his. And, uh, so anyway, Donald Trump had yay coming for dinner on Tuesday night, okay? And apparently, he uh, met with uh, a political operative, uh, Republican, of course, political operative in Florida by the name of Karen Giorno as well. And Kanye has lost a lot of his business deals over those anti-Semitic remarks that he's made and is apparently having some financial problems already because of that. But the story from Trump, which, yeah, I know, you can't believe a thing that comes out of his mouth, okay? Yeah, we know that. But apparently, Kanye told Trump he was going to bring a guest or some guests, and one of them, or the guest, I'm not sure how many he, he brought with him, was this dude <laughs> uh, by the name of Nick Fuentes. And I think I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. If I'm not, too bad. Fuentes is one of the most disgusting, pathetic excuses for a human being that I think I have ever come across. 
He is 24 years old. And I don't know what happened to him. I don't know anything about his parents, but this kind of hatred and stuff that he preaches is learned. I don't know if he got it from his parents or if they dropped him on his head when he was a little baby. I don't know what, what happens to a person that they become so venomous. But anyway, Kanye or Ye brought this Fuentes guy to dinner with him at Mar-a-Lago. And according to one of Trump's posts on his failing social media platform known as Truth Social, which is a great example of something that is not named to reflect what it actually is, Trump wrote, Quote, this past week, Kanye West called me to have dinner at Mar-a-Lago. Shortly thereafter, he unexpectedly showed up with three of his friends whom I knew nothing about. We had dinner on Tuesday evening with many members present on the back patio. The dinner was quick and uneventful. They then left for the airport. End quote. Now, Somebody at the dinner told uh, apparently ABC News that Ye asked Trump to be his vice president during the dinner. And toward the end of the meal, the former president started to badmouth Kim Kardashian, Ye's ex-wife, And I guess ABC News asked Trump about it, and Trump allegedly said to ABC News that, quote, Kanye West very much wanted to visit Mar-a-Lago. Our dinner meeting was intended to be Kanye and me only, but he arrived with a guest whom I had never met and knew nothing about, end quote. Okay. Well, this is a typical response from Donald Trump when he is caught with um, he's caught with a problem. He's confronted with something that he uh, has to find an excuse for. And so <laughs> he didn't know anything about this guy. Okay. Well, number one, he is a former President of the United States. And as such, he has Secret Service assigned to him. And, you know, the Secret Service isn't just going to allow people to stroll in and out of Mar-a-Lago if Trump's there without knowing who's coming in or out. So Secret Service had to have known who this guy was. And I don't know, but it seems to me that somebody should have said to Trump, this guy is <laughs> bad news. Maybe they did. I personally kind of think Trump had to have known who he was because they share so many beliefs. Truly, they do. So uh, Fuentes, as I said, is only 24 years old. And he is a white supremacist and a political commentator. He used to be a live streamer. He had a YouTube channel, but that was permanently suspended back in February of 2020 for violating YouTube's hate speech policy. Fuentes holds anti-Semitic views, ravenous views. He is a Holocaust denier. He says that he believes that uh, as a Catholic, everybody ought to be Catholic and that we should not permit any other religions. He did, truly. 
and he's also a supporter of an authoritarian government. Now, I think that is where Trump probably has found a, a fan because, well, that's what Trump wanted to do in January of 2021 when he incited the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. If you have ever seen this Fuentes guy talk, he is awful. He is a horrible, horrible, nasty human being. And <laughs> I don't, I don't know where he he he's anti-woman. He thinks women ought to just be home and pregnant all the time. They should shut up, stay home, get pregnant, and have kids. Just tons and tons and tons of kids that they all uh, are taught to be white supremacists. He said that. That's what he wants. Now, how this guy had, could possibly have any female g even give him the time of day is really beyond me. But he, yeah, he definitely thinks women are um, <laughs> subhuman, I guess. Uh, definitely they should be subservient to men and they should shut up and stay pregnant. He, uh, yeah, anti-Semitic. He's a Holocaust denier. He is anti-American. He is, he has praised what he referred to as Tsar Putin, speaking of Vladimir Putin of Russia, for invading Ukraine. And he thinks that's a good thing. He thinks that uh, it's great that Russia is causing all this damage and killing all these people because uh, they're going to free uh, or liberate U Ukraine from the great Satan and from the evil empire in the world, which is the United States. Yeah. So he hates his country, hates his country, thinks it's evil, and that uh, what's going on over in Ukraine is perfectly fine. And he wants uh, the country to have a Catholic media, a Catholic Hollywood, a Catholic government. And he wants us to be a Catholic-occupied government, not a Jewish-occupied government. And he thinks the media is all owned by Jewish people. And because of that, they are, I don't know, distorting the news, I guess. <laughs> um, he was a, one of the leading conspiracy theorists uh, when it came to COVID-19. And the uh, COVID-19 vaccines, he, he, he definitely created some issues with a lot of people about the safety of taking the COVID-19 vaccine. He was against mask mandates and apparently had an altercation on a, on a flight in December of 2020. So, <laughs> I don't know. Um, he has completely rejected and spoken out against the LGBT agenda, as he calls it. And he has described transgender people and same-sex marriage as deviancy. Deviancy. And he has praised the Taliban and the way they govern. He has repeatedly spoken positively of, quote, a tidal wave of white identity, end quote, this was after he attended the 2017 Charlottesville Unite the Right rally. Remember that? That one, I think, was the one that Donald Trump said there were very fine people on both sides. I believe that was, that was the incident. There, there have been so many with Trump in the four years 
that he was on the White House. It's hard to keep all of the stupid comments he made straight with the event that was being held at the time. Uh, Fuentes does not think women should have the right to vote. He thinks that the world would be better off if women did not have the right to vote. And uh, (laughs) he makes so many crazy comments, it's hard to keep them straight. But you want to talk about a hate monger who promotes hatred and intolerance? He thinks white men, and it is restricted only to white men, are superior and that everybody else needs to basically be slaves to the white men. And we have a former United States president, although I consider him a completely illegitimate president. But he's having dinner with a snot-nosed, loudmouth, hate-monger, like Fuentes. And Fuentes almost makes Ye look reasonable. That's how bad he is. Now, you might think that someone in Trump's position, after they have surely found out what this guy stands for, after the fact... would come out and say, I didn't know who this guy was, and now that I do know who he is, I regret that he was invited to Mar-a-Lago. I do not agree with the things that he promotes. He basically needs to denounce this type of thing, but he's not doing that. And many think that he is the leading person to run on the presidential ticket on the Republican side for 2024. The election will not even be two years from now. So what does that say about the Republican Party, that they haven't denounced it? There have been a few people on the Republican side that have come out and said, this is wrong, he shouldn't have done that. But I would expect that everyone in Congress, you know, those are the people that took an oath. They're supposed to represent everyone fairly and equally, regardless of their skin color or their religious beliefs or their orientation or their gender. The silence on the side of the Republicans is pretty stunning. From the party that is supposed to be the Christian party, are these Christian beliefs? I mean, seriously? Is this the kind of stuff that Jesus would endorse? It's just amazing, really. It is absolutely amazing. And I really think that stuff like this is going to ultimately be the complete downfall of the Republican Party. Here in the United States, we have had political parties die in the past. And I think that the next one that we're going to see die is the Republican Party. Because here's what I think is going to happen. Donald Trump is a loser when it comes to politics. He won the presidency in 2016, but he lost the popular vote. And he had a lot of help from foreign governments winning that election. All of the intelligence agencies found evidence to suggest that he had a lot of help from some foreign governments that are 
adversarial to the United States. But he lost. He lost again in 2020. He actually lost in 2018 because he lost the House of Representatives, which was not completely unexpected. That's kind of the way it usually works during a president's, uh, after his first two years in office. But it was a big loss, big time. Then he lost the 2020 election, even though he says it was rigged. There's no evidence that it was rigged. Everybody's tired of hearing it. And the candidates that he, by and large, promoted for the midterms this year didn't have a great showing. The Republicans were expecting a huge red wave. They were expecting to get both houses of Congress, and they barely eked out a win in the House of Representatives. The Senate is right now 50-50. We're going to find out if it's going to be Warnock, who is the Democrat from Georgia, or if it's going to be Walker, the Republican from Georgia, that's going to make the difference. But the bottom line is the Democrats have control because the vice president is the president of the Senate. So Kamala Harris can go babysit the Senate if she needs to, like she's been doing for the last couple of years. It's been hard for her to get out and be a vice president because she's had to spend so much time babysitting a bunch of senators trying to get them to do the right thing. But she's been very essential in, in that role. So thank goodness for her. But I think a lot of the Republicans have started to come to the realization that Trump's power over the supporters, his influence to get them to go out and vote is beginning to wane. And they're all about winning and power. And if you can't give them what they want, they are going to kick you to the curb. And I think that that is about what is going to happen to Trump. And he has such thin skin. If the Republican Party doesn't do exactly what he wants them to do, if they do not cater to him in the manner he believes that he's entitled to be catered to, do you think he's going to split off from the party and run on his own? as a third-party candidate, I think he will. Because his ego is just big enough that he almost has to do that. Plus, he's looking to be president so that he can get out from underneath all of these criminal charges that are headed toward him. Because, you know, that worked so well before. Because when you're the president... They can't charge you with crimes. And things are not looking good for him because I understand that one of the main things that the January 6th committee is looking for are multiple eyewitnesses willing to testify under oath that Donald Trump knew that he lost the election to Joe Biden and that there was no election rigging, there was no voter fraud, there was nothing that happened that changed the outcome of that election. And several people that I know of have already made that remark under oath. Because that removes all deniability from Trump. knowing that he is inciting people to act because the election was stolen when he knew, knew 
that it wasn't stolen. And I think they've got him. They've had enough people close to him testify under oath because they want to save their own backsides. But I think if the Republican Party doesn't kick Trump to the curb, he's going to pull the whole party down into the sewer with him. So I think that they pretty much don't have any other choice at this point other than to say, you know what? We don't want you, dude. Maybe DeSantis will be the next idol to be anointed by the right. I hear rumors that Mitt Romney might want to run again. Mitt Romney is almost like in a completely different league than Trump and DeSantis. He's actually somewhat reasonable, although politically his policies pretty much suck. This is a real problem, folks. This is a real problem. And I have listened to others, other podcasters, people who are in a position of power. And a lot of them are beginning to say that uh, a lot of the things that Trump is doing and has done are pretty much opening him up to the title of America's Hitler. And what does that say about the Republican Party? They've allowed this to happen. And he has a whole bunch of people in Congress who have done his dirty work for him. Jim Jordan, Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, people of that ilk. A lot of them asked for pardons. This is before Trump left the White House. They asked for pardons. Why? You know, you only ask for a pardon when you know that you've done something illegal, something that is serious enough that you would be willing to admit guilt in order to get get a pardon. Because if you accept a pardon, it is an admission of guilt that you have committed the specific crime that the pardon is for. And those people are still in Congress. And some of them just got reelected. What are we going to do about them? Do you think Marjorie Taylor Greene is going to have a problem with somebody like Nick Fuentes and his hatred? I mean, after all, she's female. And he doesn't think, he certainly doesn't think that she should be in Congress. She's supposed to be home and pregnant, turning out babies and teaching them to be white supremacists. So surely she wouldn't approve of him, right? I mean, surely not. But has she come out and said anything? No. No, she hasn't. And it appears that she might actually be approving uh, of the things that he's, he's said. Because... Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, she is a Republican from Georgia, by the way, who just got reelected to her seat in the House of Representatives for a second term, seemed to suggest last week that um, 
Former President Trump will pardon all of the January 6th insurrectionists if he returns to the Oval Office in 2024. And some think that that comment that Marjorie Taylor Greene was meant to reassure Fuentes that, you know, she's, you know, she's okay with his, with his uh, views. Land of the free and home of the brave. Everybody has a right to free speech. Everybody has a right to carry arms. <laughs> and they wonder why there's so much hate and why there's so much violence in this country today. And I know it's a slippery slope to start going after rights. We've already seen the impact that that can have on people after the Supreme Court's decision earlier this year that took away women's right to make their own health care choices. But I think there has to be a widespread condemnation of people that promote hatred or intolerance. And I think there has to be a widespread condemnation of people that spread misinformation and lies. And that includes a lot of the Republicans in Congress and in positions of power, governors, secretaries of state, lieutenant governors. And we need to have a justice department that carries out justice equally, regardless of how much money you have or what color your skin is, or what level you have achieved, what level of power you've achieved over the years. The lieutenant governor of Texas has been under investigation for something, tax fraud, is it tax fraud, tax evasion? Something serious for like seven years. And he's still the lieutenant governor of the state of Texas, for heaven's sakes. Come on, Texas. What the heck is wrong with you guys? That shouldn't be okay with you. And why is it taking so long? I blame former president, the late Gerald Ford, for a lot of this, because he pardoned Richard Nixon for Watergate. And some think that if a Republican gets the presidency in 2024, they're going to pardon Trump and all of his associates, all the insurrectionists and everything. And you know what message that's going to send? It's going to be okay to do that kind of stuff again. It's okay. It is okay for a president of the United States to break the law and lie about it. It's okay. And it's okay to attack the Capitol if you don't like the outcome of an election. That sets a really bad precedent going forward. That is why the Justice Department absolutely has to hold Trump to justice. He needs to be charged and tried in a court of law, and if he's convicted, he needs to be imprisoned because that is the way people should be treated in this country when they break the law. And let's face it, other people have done the same things that he's done, even to a lesser degree, and they certainly weren't out of prison for two years while the Justice Department or law decided whether or not they were going to press charges. At any rate, that's, that is my rant 
for today. I have been doing research on a special podcast series that I'm getting ready to do on Richard Nixon. And it will be just a limited number of podcasts, but it'll be like a series. And uh, I've started working on that. And then this kind of popped up. And I can see where, <laughs> again, you can go back to Nixon and see how this kind of stuff is possible. If Richard Nixon had been tried, charged, convicted, and imprisoned for what he did at Watergate, do you think maybe that would have sent a message to other presidents that took office after him that we're going to hold you to the letter of the law? And a phone call isn't perfect just because you say it's perfect. At any rate, I'm let you go. Thanks for listening. That's the end of my rant for today, but I just could not believe. <laughs> I just, I wasn't even going to talk about this at first, but I've seen video of Fuentes talking and how anybody can think that what he has to say is good, reasonable, responsible, humane is just beyond me. People like him should not be tolerated and I think they ought to just shut him down. Yeah, he has a right to free speech, but... Uh, there are limits, and I think what he's doing is wrong, and I think he needs universal condemnation for what he's, what he's saying because he's encouraging people to believe the same things that he believes, and I really would love to know what happened to him to make him such a hateful person. And I've posted this on Twitter before, but people like Fuentes... I keep waiting for the mothership to return to Earth to pick up all of the people that it dumped off at some point in the past and take them back to their home planet. Just come back and get them. Take them back to their home planet because they certainly don't seem to belong here. But I have a feeling the reason why that hasn't happened is because their home planet doesn't want them back either. Thanks for your time, folks. I'm going to add a disclaimer here before I go. I am not a medical doctor, so the comments that I made earlier about the mental health status of someone are not based on a professional opinion. I just have a problem understanding how someone can be so hateful and are they doing it for the money? Are they doing it for the attention? Uh, or do they really believe this? It's just hard to understand, but I don't believe that people are born evil. I don't think that babies have hatred in their hearts when they're born. I think that these are things that they learn as they grow. And whether it's their parents or their peers or a talking head on television telling them day after day, night after night, a bunch of garbage nonsense, because those folks are in it for the money. That's why they make multi-million dollars a year to sit there and lie to people. They're doing it for the money. Who knows what they really believe? Because they're actors and actresses. And some of the folks, especially in the right-wing media, I don't think there's a sincere bone in their bodies, truly, 
But again, that's not a medical diagnosis, okay? But I do think that uh, something has to be going on with with certain people that have all of this hatred in their hearts. And Fuentes talking about the United States being evil, where is he going to go? Because I don't think the United States of America is headed in the direction that he wants it to head, hopefully. Hopefully it's moving away from that. And hopefully in the future, people like him will not have the platform or the audience to preach their hatred to. And maybe at that point he'll become a decent person. I don't know. But uh, to feel that way and to stand up in front of a crowd of people and get them all riled up and then bask in the applause where they are basically continuing to encourage your hatred and your vicious talk. And then that's got to be some sort of a reward, I guess. <laughs> Doesn't make sense to me. Anyway, just wanted to throw in this disclaimer and remind everybody that I'm not making a medical diagnosis or a mental diagnosis. I just think that something is wrong with a person when they say these things. And especially if they really believe it. I'm, I'm hoping that a lot of it is just for the attention and the money and that deep down inside they don't believe it, but who knows. Thanks again for your time. Thank you for listening. I would be grateful to you if you'd subscribe and share this podcast to let your friends and family know about it. You can also find me on Twitter at FederalAndy. And I'd be really grateful if you would follow me. I usually follow back. Be happy, safe, and healthy. And I'll hopefully be talking to you again next week.